Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 11 to 1 on LMFM. Yes, they plundered villages and attacked monasteries, but did you know that there are lots of words that the English dictionary stole from the Vikings? Yeah. This month in our regular word foolery feature, we are delving into words the Vikings gave us. Author Grace Tierney has written a fascinating new book featuring words, everything from a king akimbo to Yule feature in this book. It's called Words the Vikings Gave Us and Author Grace Tierney is on the line with me now. How are you doing, Grace? I'm doing very well. Hiya. Now listen, first of all, congratulations on this book. We have to chat a little bit about this first of all. Where did the idea to focus on words originating from Vikings come from? Well, as you know, I've been researching the history of words for about 13 years now. So I've covered a lot of words in that time, but I actually haven't covered that many Viking ones. And when I wrote my last book, Words the Sea Gave Us, I discovered that many of the nautical words had Viking roots. So at a time when sailors only travelled within sight of land, the Vikings were incredibly brave. They travelled across oceans, they discovered new lands and settled them. And I decided, you know, I don't know that much about Vikings apart from what I learned in school. I want to find out more. And once I started delving into it, I've become a little bit obsessed with Vikings, I have to tell you. I feel they've had a really bad rep because a lot of the histories about the Vikings that were written down, their histories were oral to a large extent. Mm. But the monasteries, the monks wrote down the histories and the monks weren't very happy with the Vikings. No, but one-sided, you know what I mean? I hear you, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they were raiding their stuff, taking them away as slaves. It was not good. So they gave the Vikings a terrible rep and actually I, I feel they need a fresh look from everybody. They weren't all that bad. They did some cool stuff. So... I'm on a bit of a mission. Oh, she's but on I'm a mission. Just, okay, I, I like I am, this. I am. Okay. And, and when I dove into the whole language side of it, I realised that there's not a huge amount of Viking words in English, but they're all actually quite important ones. So we, we obviously have influences from Latin, French and German, a bit of Greek, but the Norse words, a lot of them are really basic ones that we use every single day. So if you didn't have Viking roots, you wouldn't have they, them, time, get, take, Die, law, like all these little basic words that you do use in nearly every sentence. Um, they all have Viking DNA. So without the Vikings, English would not be the language we speak today. That is so fascinating. It really is. Yeah, because I was just going to say, as I mentioned in the intro, the English dictionary essentially stole from the Vikings. So words that you've mentioned there, like we're, we're going to go into some of them here as well. I didn't realise, you know, things that we're using all of the time, like hundreds of times a day we're using these words. Yes, absolutely. 
Okay. Embedded in the language. And and a lot of the time they did have words for them in Anglo-Saxon or Old English. And then the Norse arrived and the, the Saxons went, oh, that word's actually better. And the old one died away and the Viking words stayed. Okay, so we're going to get into this. I have to say, I know you've been listening to the show this morning. I have loved listeners' suggestions for what the word plogging means. Everything from jogging in a pair of clogs to carrying logs while plodding. I love it. We're going to get into the mystery word very shortly. But let's get into this because one word that we use multiple times a day is the word thing. Thing. Yeah, that one was a real surprise to me when I found it, I have to say. Um, I'm going to start with a quick question. I want to see whether you have any idea. Okay. I didn't. Do you have any clue where the oldest parliament in the world is? Where it is? Yeah. Oh, God. Is it, is it going to be in the local area or something? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not in Drogheda. I'm sorry. Or Navin. Um, no, it's, uh, I'll explain in a minute where it is. But I, if you'd asked me, I would have said Westminster. And I suppose yeah. that's just because I'm in the British Isles. But it's not Westminster by a country mile. It's quite interesting. OK, so thing, which don't worry, we'll get back to Parliament. Um, it's obviously a really useful word in English. It stands in for any noun. And then we have popular compound words like anything, nothing, everything, something, plaything. And my favourite, thingamajig, which yes. I really like. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Viking, sorry. But it does have thing in it. Um, but things roots actually lie in Viking power structures. So although they have this rep as lawless raiders, they did rule a large empire. It's called the North Sea Empire in history books. Again, I've never heard of it. Um, and they ruled it through laws and public voting. So they gave us words like bylaw, ombudsman and hustings, all of which are political terms. But ping entered Old English, originally spelled P-I-N-G. So like thing, but with a P instead of a T-H. Um, from Old North. And the term was initially for a meeting, assembly or discussion. So Iceland's National Assembly is called the Alt thing, the old thing, basically. It's the oldest parliament in the world and it was founded in 930, three full centuries before Westminster in London. Wow. Yeah. And it met in a special place called the Thing Fields, which were outside their capital, well, their now capital city of Reykjavik. And um, we also had a thing in Dublin. So some people may know the Dublin history. There's a thing moat in Dublin. It was a raised mound near the location of Dublin Castle. And that's where the Vikings met to agree the laws to rule the city of Dublin. And that mound actually stood until the late 1600s before it was eventually sort of cleared away and incorporated into other areas. The thing meeting could be attended by all free Viking men, sadly not the women. <laughs> Although oh, some things never change. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> well, actually the Vikings weren't bad with the women at all. I, I did a lot of delving into that for a different chapter and they, they were streets ahead of the Anglo-Saxons for a start. But uh, anyway, the thing meeting was all the free Viking men. Uh, there were no restrictions on status or property. Um, the meetings were regular and organised by a person called a law speaker. So they were able to recite all the laws that were previously agreed. So they weren't that big on necessarily writing things down, but they would learn them off. And it was also hosted by the local chieftain. So disputes would be resolved and laws would be made. It was kind of a cross between the parliament and a court of law. And they could you could have a thing at your local village level, city level like Dublin, or a national level like the Alt thing in Iceland. So over time, the meaning of assembly that was attached to saying gradually faded. The thing became something which was discussed at a meeting. 
then by the 1300s, it was a person who was pitied, oh, you poor thing, or a personal possession, my thing. And by the 1600s, thing had settled to be the word for an object that you couldn't name at the moment. And it began to join other words and provide us with everything and anything. That is amazing. I mean, such a little thing, Grace, but such yeah. a rich history behind it. I love that. So essentially, thing has its origins in, in politics, which is just fascinating to me. It really is. Um, another thing that we use all of the time is the word happy. And I can't believe that this originates in, with the Vikings, to be honest. Well, this this again was another surprise. I thought I'd put a few surprising ones in for you today. Um, Because as I go through my candidate words and delve into them, I tried to gather them into chapters on topics. And I kept finding romantic Viking words. And I'm kind of like, really? Viking? Romantic? But like they've given us husband, gift, which we hope is romantic, uh, kiss, hug, honeymoon. We even got glitter from Vikings, which I absolutely love. Um, So I ended up with a romance chapter because it turned out they were kind of romantic. But the one I picked for today was happy. So most romantic stories end with, and they all lived happily ever after. (laughs) But actually, that's not that old. I thought that would be ancient. It only dates back to 1825 was the first use of that. Um, But happy does go back. It goes back to our Vikings. So before they arrived, Old English, which was the language at that point, had three words for the concept of happiness. You had uh, bear with me with my old English pronunciation, but you had adig, which meant wealthy. Then you had gaselig, which turned into silly, which we have today, and blide, which turned into blithe, merry and blithe. Okay, yes, often, yes. But it did persist. So then the Old Norse arrive and they give the language the word hap, H-A-P. But this didn't quite mean happiness at that point. It meant chance, fortune or fate. There's several similar words in other languages. So in Norwegian, there's hepa, which meant lucky. Um, but Old Norse always had a positive sense for hap. You couldn't possibly have bad luck and called it hap. It was only for good luck. Then by the 1300s, hap had turned into happy to describe somebody as being lucky or fortunate. So it's still all about good luck. And that's the same in a whole load of other languages. So from Irish through to Greek during that era, if you said something was happy, it meant they were lucky. And Welsh is the only exception, which I quite like. Their root word for happiness is actually wisdom, which I think is kind of cool. Oh, they were really thinking cool. that one through. Yeah. A couple of centuries pass, happy evolved. It's not quite just lucky and fortunate. It's now what we think of as happy, being content or in a pleasant mood. I love that. So happy comes from the Vikings. Now this one, unless they were now very advanced altogether, uh, (laughs) Bluetooth, uh, not the Bluetooth that we are referring to today in terms of technology, obviously. Well, yes and no. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. And I have thrown a few modern words, so like Ikea is in the book and Lego is in the book because I think we have grabbed some words from our Scandinavian cousins uh, over the more recent centuries. And they're kind of fun. If they've got a good story, they go in the book in the modern section. And Bluetooth is in there, but Bluetooth has plenty of ancient history with it. And it's one of my favourite stories from the book because it unites all three Viking countries. So the Vikings came from Denmark, Norway and Sweden. Okay, And this one has all three. And also because it turns out that most of us probably have some old Norse in our pockets. So if you run Bluetooth on your smartphone and you're in a safe position to do so, have a look at your screen because up at the top, you have an Old Norse Viking rune indicating that your Bluetooth is active. It looks a little bit like an arrowhead beside a runic letter B, 
And you may have seen it before and just never paid any attention. Yes, yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. So I'm going to explain why that's on your phone <laughs> with a little side note into the Vikings. So uh, Bluetooth technology, wireless transfer of photos and documents, etc. It was invented or developed by the Swedish company, so we've got our Swedes, uh, Ericsson in 1994, and they named it after a Danish Viking. So that's where the connection is. And our Danish Viking is Harald Bluetooth Gormson, which is quite a mouthful of a name. So he was the son of a guy called Gorm, <clears throat> who is also connected to Gormless. So Bluetooth's father was King Gorm. He followed the old Asgard beliefs. Uh, he wasn't Christian. And he and his son are linked via legend to Ragnar Lothbrok and Ivor the Boneless, whose stories are told in the TV series Vikings, filmed down with us. And um, so anybody that watches that will be going, oh, Ragnar, yeah. Yeah, there's so, lots of fans of Vikings. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now, Ragnar is sort of semi-legendary and they have messed a little bit with his story just to make the fictional program work better. But their research and all their costumes and everything are all spot on, as I discovered as I researched. Um, anyway, that's King Gorm. But he then has this son, Harald, who's Gorm's son, son of Gorm. Um, and he becomes the king of Denmark, but also parts of Norway. So he rules for about 30 years uh, from 958 to 987, at which point he's murdered on the orders of his own son. They are quite a violent family. Uh, he himself, Bluetooth, once drowned his own sister, Gunhilder, uh, who's the source of the word gun. Um, I know guns weren't, thank God Vikings didn't have guns. But anyway, Could you imagine? They her, did enough damage. Yeah. He drowned her in a bog. Wow. Treason. So, like, you know, they weren't the best family in the world. Anyway, he was an early Christian Viking. <laughs> a very holy one, but anyway. Um, but he is famous for bringing together uh, their, his Danish tribe into a united nation with their Norwegian neighbours. So he unites Denmark and Norway. And it was this ability to bring people together that inspired the naming of the Bluetooth technology in his honour. And hence we have his initials as your Bluetooth symbol on your phone. That's his monogram. And even cooler fact, the current Danish queen, who's their, their monarchy, can trace her ancestors back over a thousand years. It's one of the oldest monarchies in the world. And this guy, Harold Bluetooth Gormson, is claimed as a direct ancestor to the current Danish queen. Wow. We will never look at our Bluetooth the same again, Grace, after that amazing story. Everyone's going to be frantically looking for the little symbol. That is incredible. And I was thinking there's no way. I thought you meant an actual somebody with a tooth that was blue or something. I didn't think you actually oh, meant the technology. Yeah, well, this is the thing is they're not quite sure why it's called Bluetooth. But they, the, the theory is that the words in the old text that describe his tooth as being blue actually has overtones of black as well as blue colour words really evolved during uh, for hundreds of years the words for colours were really fluid so they had a rotten tooth and that's why it was called Bluetooth sorry oh, I should have said that that's fanta- fascinating altogether now I love this because I do this quite frequently I love to go berserk at my children when they don't tidy up things like that berserk comes from Vikings does it? It does, and I really hope you're not going berserk. <laughs> <laughs> oh the no, don't tell me the we real meaning. To, you know, <laughs> we've got to ring to slow somebody quick. No, I'm sure you're not. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, berserk was a bit more violent uh, than we use it nowadays. Uh, and yeah, I would say going berserk as well. So uh, nowadays we would say it's acting in a crazy way, I guess. Um, but it has a more aggressive overtone uh, the further you go back. So the word berserk is actually relatively modern, but it does have firm Norse roots. 
So it entered English in the 1800s as a noun uh, to describe an ancient Norse warrior. So when historians were starting to investigate uh, Viking history, they needed a few of these words, and that's when berserk came in. So this was a Norse warrior who fought with uncontrolled ferocity. They struck down anybody that was near them. They seemed to be unaffected by fire or iron. And traditionally, they used to bite their metal shields. I have a tiny, tiny little um, statuette of a Lewis Chessman who depicts a berserk warrior and he's biting his shield. He's very cute, actually, but I wouldn't like to meet him in real life. Um, So it's a direct borrowing into English from the Norse word berserker, which is just spelled slightly differently. And it is formed from two words. Bjorn for bear and Zerker coat, so bear coat. The original berserkers were champion warriors, usually in Icelandic sagas. They fought in a trance-like state of anger. They'd just get themselves completely out of their heads before they would go and do anything. They didn't wear armour. They were too brave to wear armour. They would wear animal skins instead. And there were three main sections of them. So the bears, boars and wolves. So you'd wear whatever pelt was appropriate for your team, so to speak. And those three symbols became emblems on knight's shields when Christianity reached into the Scandi countries. Then you'd put it on your shield instead of wearing the actual pelt. So they reckon that the warriors may have been part of a bear cult. Um, and there are accounts in the sagas of them being laid on bear pelts for their funerals. And the bear was associated with Odin, the father of the Norse gods. So by wearing it, they were trying to seek his approval and his strength. And um, there's quite a lot of belief systems behind this one. Yeah. In 1015, the Norwegian um, monarchs outlawed berserkers because they were just too dangerous. <laughs> and the same happened in Iceland. And by the 12th century, berserker warbands had completely disappeared, disappeared. But they do persist again back to the Danish uh, queen and to the British queen. So the Queen's Guard and the Royal Lifeguards, who are the guards of those two monarchs, both wear bearskin caps. You know the, they the, do. The yes, wear. and that's a throwback to the berserker <gasps> warriors. Oh, so there you go. You know, and across that's all I need is a bear pelt. Then when I'm going berserk at my kids, just to kind of you know really you know embody this. <laughs> well, you know, if you can find one, I'll be impressed. <laughs> you know what they did for Game of Thrones? They just bought the kind of the, the shaggy rug and dyed them. It. So you know, it's, yeah, it's listen, so it could work. Ready, it could know? work. I love that. Okay, let's put them out of their misery. Plogging it does not mean jogging in a. Bear clogs although I do love that uh, we did give them three choices uh, Grace but they decided to abandon the three choices altogether we had given e- eco-conscious exercise now somebody did say Sinead is it jogging and picking up paper at the same time <laughs> um, using runes to tell a story online or chopping wood precisely for an insta ready wood store I feel it's C and you're just adding in the insta ready wood store but a lot of people are saying A right Okay, well, I, I quite like the suggestion. I don't know who sent it in of uh, it's plugging your book. I quite enjoy that. <laughs> Very appropriate. Very witty there. Um, right, so plugging is a really, really new word, which is why I picked it, um, because I was hoping none of you would know what it <laughs> uh, So it's not in the English dictionary yet, but it definitely deserves to be, and it has been used in a reasonably widespread way. So it actually dates back to 2016. It's only five years old. We do get new words all the time. Um, So plugging started in a Swedish ski resort. And it ties into our Swedish activist Greta Thunberg and all the other eco-friendly things that the Scandinavians are actually quite big on. Um, The idea is to combine jogging with picking up trash. (gasps) So you're a person who said that. 
dead right. Well done, Bridget McDermott in Knocklock yeah. in, in, in Old Castle. Yes. I don't know if she was the only one, but a couple of people said that, I think. I think a, um, a couple of people said that and I just thought that they were just joking. Do you know what I mean with this? Yeah. Uh, very no. good. Okay. No, it's actually, it's quite a cool idea. If anybody wants to take it up, I, I think it's awesome. I'm never going to go jogging, but anybody who does might like it. It's a combination of jogging and uh, plucka up, which is the Swedish for picking up. So trail runners bring a bag with them on their running session and they gather litter as they go, binning it at the end of their route. Combination of exercise and treasure hunt. And apparently it has spread to countries like India and Mexico. See, we're learning a new word today as well. Grace, as always, thank you for a truly entertaining word, Fillory. Best of luck with the book as well. Uh, I, we can get it on Amazon, can't we? Yep, Amazon. And then if you're onto your ebooks, then you can get that on Kindle and Kobo. And I'm doing signed paperbacks directly from me. So if you want those, you just go to the My Books tab on my blog, wordfoolery.wordpress.com. You'll find all the links for where to buy it, wherever you shop. Fantastic. Grace, as always, thank you so, so much for joining us for Word Foolery. You're very welcome. Thanks for having me. Thanks a million. As Grace said there, wordfoolery.wordpress.com. Isn't that a fascinating book as well, just to have, you know, uh, casually on a coffee table or something like that, pick it up, look up a word and you get so much from it. It really is brilliant. Wordfoolery.wordpress.com. 11 to 1 on LMFM. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. 